Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller. This is a pro wrestling show, and it is my privilege to be able to talk to you as we do enter a brand new year, 2022. And if you are a fan of Nostradamus, I don't know if he did say the world was going to end this year, but basically he said that all of the time, but we're still here. So I'm very sorry if you made plans. Otherwise, it doesn't look like the earth is going to explode. Unless, of course, you watch that new Leonardo DiCaprio film, Don't Look Up. I watched that over the holiday season. I quite like it. Some people said it sucked. Some people said they thought it was really good. It was kind of exactly what I thought it was going to be. So I wasn't really that upset with what it was. Anyway, I don't know why we brought it up to that. In fact, that's a huge spoiler. So I massively apologize for just doing that. Let's just move on and talk about some professional wrestling, especially because what? Two days ago, three days ago, I'm so not used to these Saturday pay-per-views. And I'll let you in on a secret, as you are very nice to listen to my show. I don't like Saturday (laughs) pay-per-views. I get what everybody else does. But because I am very blessed and very lucky and very privileged to be able to do, you know, the pay-per-views for my job with ups and downs, I like waking up on a Monday and getting to do that. When I have to do them on Sunday, I get people being mad at me. (laughs) Rightfully so. So if anybody from WWAW is listening, stop it. Stop with Saturday pay-per-views, even though 100% of people now listening to this are going to get mad at me. But let's face it, pay-per-views, especially with WWE for the last 30 years, were Sunday nights. And now, whoop-dee-doo, all the major shows, essentially, so Mania, Survivor Series, Raw Rumble... I would guess Money in the Bank and SummerSlam are all happening on Saturday nights. This is not how I meant to start this podcast at all, but I'm just that kind of a guy and I don't like it. And I'm throwing my toys out the pram. I am only kidding, of course. I have a stupid job. I would never moan. I would never complain. But if I had a choice and I had a magic wand, that's what I would do with it. Or if I had a genie from Aladdin. If the genie from Aladdin popped out of the uh, lamp, I was about to call it a pipe, that's a completely different genie, that would be one of my wishes. Also, as we are talking about this, I watched Aladdin over the last few weeks. Plot hole mania, <laughs> right? So Aladdin has one more wish. We'll get to talk. We'll talk about resting in one minute, right? Don't worry about it. We do. We do it all the time. Who cares? But Aladdin has one more wish after what Prince. Then he wishes he doesn't die because he's getting drowned. And, uh, you know, he said his last wish is going to be the genie, but he also wants to be a prince. So it's all like, oh, you're not going to release me. And he does it. And it's lovely. And it's a wonderful ending. Why the flub didn't he just wish to be a prince again and then give the, <laughs> the lamp to, to Jasmine? And say, why don't you wish for his, for his freedom? And then you could do a really sort of Empire Strikes Back thing where Jasmine is like, ha I'm going to be the Sultan now. And the genie has to stay in the lamp. So there you go. I've told you that now. We can move on and talk about the fact that, yes, Brock Lesnar is a new WWE champion. It caused a lot of chatter, understandably so, because all of this was never, it wasn't the plan, right? It was WWE thinking of their toes after they were backed into a corner after Roman Reigns tested positive for COVID-19. So, of course, I hope he's okay. That's the main thing. Don't care about championships. Don't care about cards. I only care about wrestlers and human beings being being well and if you are thinking the opposite just go away i don't want to talk to you because you're an absolute freak of of a person i don't like the fact that biggie lost the championship i don't and i don't think wwe particularly pushed him in the way that they should have done because i saw the uh, thread going around the other day where it had his win-loss record and it was basically lost loss 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 and especially because he lost to roman reigns at survivor series that was really stupid in hindsight However, I still think he was an amazing champion. Being a champion is more about, again, you know, I don't mean to be disparaging, but, you know, made up wins and losses, which, of course, is what it is. I think he stood for something. I think he was awesome. And it's just something about him that I truly like. 
But it was a shame for him to go out with that, especially because, of course, Brock Lesnar has just run through the New Day. But taking all of that and putting it over to one side and hoping that in 2022 he gets his round two title reign, which nine times out of ten is actually better than your first one because you're more established as that kind of a person. I just like the fact that WWE and Raw in particular felt fresh. Like Brock Lesnar being added into that four-way, Seth Rollins, Big E, Kevin Owens and Bobby Lashley, I thought was tremendous at day one. It also meant we got that main main event again on Raw, which went 18 minutes, so you kind of got the best of both worlds and i just like brock like i'm not going to get mad at brock being champion just because i would have liked Big E to a state of champion that doesn't really make any sense right you they don't have to be two mutually exclusive things and for better or worse i'm not saying that wwe shouldn't be building new stars because they should be and yes if they could start treating more people like brock lesnar that would be good but again i don't want to get into that today we've talked about it a thousand times treating brock lesnar that way is good not treating other people that way is also bad, but I want to focus on the good here because we're a positive Pete podcast. And he still does come across like the end of level boss. And I actually think we put the pieces together here, should we go in this direction, to tell a really good story. Because what I would do, obviously Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar were back together on Raw. I presume we were going to do something along those lines or maybe a screw job at day one if Roman Reigns was going to be there, but we've talked about it. But what I would do is I'd have Paul Heyman um cost Brock Lesnar the title at Raw Rumble so Bobby Lashley becomes a champion this means you know Brock then goes back to Smackdown to get revenge on Reigns and to get revenge on Paul Heyman Big E can then win the Raw Rumble and you can do Big E versus Bobby Lashley at Wrestlemania which I think would be tremendous I really do all the other matches they had again there was some eyebrow raising choices but they still had really good matches and I look forward to them and I think doing that on that kind of big stage especially if Big E then wins the championship again which kind of is far better than his money in the bank wing for obvious reasons that would rock it also means you do Roman Reigns versus Brock again which I know is a little bit long in the tooth but they do always have good matches and it also opens up the door to do Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens which is the third part of this equation and I know they had that one at Wrestlemania 36 but that was that stupid behind closed door funeral wrestlemania which if you try and watch now is next to impossible so they do deserve a go around so kevin owens can jump off the equivalent or whatever the pirate ship will be at wrestlemania 38 and i just think all of that sounds awesome it also potentially opens the door for aj styles versus edge because at one point i thought it'd be aj versus uh, edge versus kevin owens but now i would do i would do edge versus aj styles which is another dream match and then you know who else is you knows what you're, you're going to do on there but I just thought Brock Lesnar winning the championship felt fresh. It felt exciting. It made me want to watch Raw. And I love those two matches. I just, I love Brock Lesnar matches. Again, people criticize them. Oh, they're too short. Who cares? I don't care if a match is one minute. I don't care if a match is 79 minutes. As long as I enjoy it for what it is. And once again, feel excited about it. Then who gives a flub? The coolest thing about wrestling is you can do whatever you want. You honestly could get someone to walk out there as a tortoise and be like, oh, I'm the tortoise. And if everyone agrees, that's what we would do. And I thought it was explosive and I thought it was fun. I wasn't a massive fan of Big E being pinned. But again, if the plan is for him to win the Rumble and then go to WrestleMania in one of the maybe main events because it's over two days, I think that rehabs him wonderfully. And I can't get mad at Lesnar being the champion. Like, it's not his fault he gets paid loads of money, doesn't have to turn up to work. Who wouldn't accept that deal? If you're listening to this right now and you wouldn't accept that deal, you're crazy. And it means you're never going to be able to be paid a fortune and barely work because you don't have that mindset. Now, that doesn't mean that when he's the champion, I wouldn't want him to turn up more. Of course I would. He's Brock Lesnar. As far as I'm concerned, he's one of the best wrestlers ever. And I mean that. Nobody sells like he does. I mean, that's not true. 
there are you know people that are up there but when he was in the hurt lock it's not like he's like oh this isn't realistic no he totally gets the hurt lock is a move we're trying to get over and that bobby lashley is a big dude who legitimately could hurt him with that so he sells it like he's dying he did that with the spear through the barricade he did it after kevin owens frog splash and kevin owens did the little brock lesnar whistle which i also whistle wiggle which i also thought was absolutely tremendous so I loved all of it. I really enjoy the chemistry between Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, especially on Raw, where they were actually going to let the other one win when they were in an advantageous position because they're going to do that plan when that person would go on to fight Brock at the Royal Rumble, then they would have a match at WrestleMania for the title. We're so used to going back to the status quo of all oh, their heels so they'll screw each other over or they can't coexist. They're actually going the other way, even though, sure, you can poke holes in it and say, yeah, but a heel should never do that. I don't care. WWE has been going for so long and they do fall into conventions at times. I want newness. I want freshness. I want new, exciting things. And I think that this did a lot of that. And fair play to WWE for coming up with it when... I don't think this was the plan. I don't know whether Big E would have retained or not. I'm going to assume that Bobby Lashley probably was going to win if I am right. And I don't know what would happen with Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Um, I did enjoy the day one pay-per-view overall. It's a weird one. Like that match at the end I thought was great. I thought the Usos versus the New Day match was great. And everything else in the middle was just okay. But that did kind of like Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan, I thought was too long, but enjoyable, especially the last five minutes. Exactly the same for Edge versus The Miz. I thought it told a good story in the latter half with Beth Phoenix returning. Madcap Muscle and Drew McIntyre wasn't a bad match, but I just thought it wasn't. It just didn't need to be on this pay-per-view. It didn't have the right kind of build and the fans didn't care. And RK Bro versus the Street Profits was fine for what it was. Like, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with it, but I did feel like they were overshined by the SmackDown tag titles. And I'd probably forgotten a couple of matches too, but it was bookended by two great matches. And I certainly enjoyed it. And it did have a big time feel. And once again, I thought the chess pieces being moved at the last minute, we did uh, we did an absolutely decent job. And a kind of how I felt about Raw too. Almost identical. Great start with Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar coming back together. Amazing main event, I thought. I, and I do think that basing Raw around these four guys, again, Owens, Rollins, Big E and Lashley, is 100% the right thing to do. Lashley becoming the number one contender. So now we do get Brock versus Bob at the Raw Rumble, a match that he has wanted for ages. And I know that we've wanted for ages because they can just smash the crap out of each other much like Brock Lesnar and Goldberg did and we know that that works but everything else kind of suffered from the same stuff like I'm not massively into the Miz Edge uh, feud for whatever reason but I like Beth Phoenix being added in there and I think Maurice is great but you know their promo section was too long but the end result was great, right? So we're there again. It was the same with Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, and Becky Lynch. I liked what we did at the end, but we took a while to get there. The 24-7 title stuff has jumped the shark for me a long time ago, so I don't care about that. RK Bro versus Alpha Academy. Bizarre build, given that we went back to telling the story that Otis can't be RKO'd, even though he has been RKO'd. And then later on, we got the Street Profits versus Apollo Crews and General Aziz. I was like, all right, I don't know what that's about. But then there were other good bits, like Damian Priest versus Dolph Ziggler. Again, great narrative. I don't really like this dark Damian stuff, but they tied it into the story wonderfully. And there's probably some other... Oh, yeah, the tag, oh, the tag team titles was bad. I actually forgot that we had women's tag team titles, which is not good. And then just to do it in a one-minute match. It will be fine if Nikki Ash or Rhea Ripley, well, one of them is going to turn. And I'm hoping that it will be Nikki Ash because I think that's far more uh, far more interesting. But that doesn't mean that it's not it's not really lighting the world on fire, is it? It's not something I'm, I'm, I want to see. And I don't necessarily think anybody cares about the women's tag team titles at the moment, which is a shame. And I understand why this is. It's because even the men's tag team division is seen as second fiddle to single stars. But hey-ho, maybe if we can do that and find some proper challenges. Well, the problem is this. 
I think I saw the other day that if we do a Raw Rumble, 30 women win with um, a 30 people women Raw Rumble, they have 19 people they can put in it. So you're going to have to get some legends and you're going to have to get some NXT superstars. So if you're trying to build two women's divisions on both shows where you also have contenders for the main titles, the tag team division is always going to be wrecked. Like it just is. So I really hope they rehab that soon. And it's bizarre why they fired uh, Knox because they're not doing anything with uh, Tegan Knox. They're not doing anything with Shotzi. We could have done something with that tag team, but hey-ho. You know, it is, it is what it is. What do you do, right? But I, I do think it's absolutely crazy. But yes, I thought the combination of Day 1 and Raw was... Well, I thought it was decent. I did. I, I thought it was decent. I enjoyed it. I want to see where we're going. A good start to 2022. And we also had that AJ Styles versus Omos match, which I, of course, huge controversy, as I like to do. In the sense that I gave it an up on ups and downs. Again, check it out, What Culture Wrestling. And check out my YouTube channel, just search for Simon Miller. But give me a subscribe. I would like to, my aim, in case you care, is to try and add 100,000 subscribers in 2022. Don't know how I'm going to do it. <laughs> but I did do it in one year, so I thought, well, I'm going to try and do it again. So if you could help me out, I would massively appreciate it. But look, was it the best match I'd ever seen? No. Would I even call it a good match? Probably not. But I don't know what anybody else was expecting. Like when I sat down to watch it, much like the movie, Don't Look Up. I thought, well, Omos is going to have to destroy AJ Styles here because AJ Styles has star power and clearly the plan is to turn Otis into an even bigger monster. And he can't do that if he doesn't win. Now, he's always going to be restricted in some sense to what he can do because he's like seven foot one. He ain't going to be doing no shooting star presses. And even if he could, should he? You can argue it either way. And it only went three minutes. It was short, which actually was the right thing to do. And sometimes on Raw, we do short matches when we shouldn't. But I saw everyone going, oh, it was crap. It was rubbish, blah, blah. I'm like, I think for what I expected it to be. I couldn't give it a down. Because it's like, if I'm giving it a down, what am I giving it down? That I sat down to watch a match where I thought AJ was going to be squashed and he was squashed? I kind of put myself in a predicament. Like, I'm not saying that Omos isn't going to benefit from more experience. He is. But if he is on the main roster and he is on Raw and he is going to be turned into a force, then I just think this is what we've got to do. And fair play for AJ Styles for not causing a fuss about it. He's just not that kind of a guy and remains one of the best wrestlers ever. In fact, you could probably tie this into the RK Bro situation where Riddle is always the guy that gets beaten up and then Randy Orton makes the save. I'm stealing other people's words here, but Randy Orton is bulletproof. Like You can do anything with Randy Orton, give it a few weeks, build him back up, and people will accept him as being a massive star. And given that Riddle hasn't got to that level yet, he should be the guy saving Randy Orton. Now, the saving grace there, I think, will be that when we eventually do break RK Bro up, I think it should be Riddle turning on Randy, because I think that's far more interesting. Much like the stuff we talked about earlier, fresh, exciting, different. And then this all kind of adds up. And it will be a decent long-term story, but... I'm intrigued to see what they do with Omos. It doesn't mean I think he should be champion. It doesn't mean I think he should be beating every single person. But it's I far prefer this than, again, I've said it once, I'll say it twice, sticking to the status quo. I'm done with the status quo. I've seen the status quo. The status quo is, uh, you know, it's tried and tested, which is fine, but it does get a little bit dull. Uh, of course it would. Like, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. It's just... It's just not smart. So again, we'll, we'll put it on the back burner and we'll see where we get to. But I, I did like it all. Uh, not much to talk about when it comes to SmackDown because, of course, they had a best of on Friday, which meant no ups and downs. Very weird for me. I was kind of running around like a lost dog. And AEW to me right now is just on a, on a tear. I love the Cody Rhodes stuff. I love the fact he's a TNT champion. And I think we said this on the last podcast, so I don't want to go into it too much. I think he's the most interesting character in all of wrestling. And I think he gets it too because he's incredibly self-aware. He's like a John Cena mixed with a Roman Reigns, but in a company where he's allowed to deliberately push that antagonistic button, which I don't think Cena and Roman ever were. I think they actively tried to fight against it, which didn't help, but it was it was a terrible plan. 
And again, it's, it's kind of like the Big E stuff. Did Sammy Guevara have a good TNT Championship run? Not necessarily. I wouldn't call it a terrible, but compared to Miro or Darby Allen or Brody Lee, obviously, or Cody, no, it probably was at the bottom of that pile, but it served its purpose. And that TNT Championship should be allowed to change hands as much as possible. So really enjoyed his match with Ethan Page. Everybody hated that uh, Dan Lambert, Brandy Road section. I don't know where it came from. But I thought the fans were super into it. I enjoyed some of the insults. It did feel a little bit immature and cheesy, but I thought that was the vibe. And given that Cody never came out to make the save, I think will be a, a running theme. So, yeah, I, I was into all of that. And I love it. I love what a world we're living in where Carlo Riley can jump ship to All Elite Wrestling, continue on his feud with Adam Cole, where Adam Cole doesn't trust him. And Bobby Fish and Carlo Riley going back to being Red Dragon and the Elite are involved. And I'm going to guess that eventually what happens is Adam Cole does sign or side with his former undisputed teammates. And then Kenny Omega comes back to side with the Elite, which means we get to the Young Bucks and Omega versus Adam Cole and Red Dragon. And it is just PWG. I mean, <laughs> that's what... If uh, NXT Circa sort of 2016 to 18 was Ring of Honor, AEW's kind of treading on, on PWG shows. But that's great. I mean, it's not like we haven't done that before, taking a cool story we did on the independent scenes and then recap it on a major stage. Like, I think, I think that's good. And it's another reason why... You know, the MGF Darby Allen stuff was so good. And of course, MGF has now moved on to CM Punk and we're teasing Wardlow and we're teasing the fact that CM Punk will be there to stop MGF going for any kind of world championships. And that's my phone ringing, which is annoying because I thought it was turned off. How do I turn this off? There we go. No one needed that. I don't even know where that came from. I thought everything was muted. Anyway, what was I saying? Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Danielson, which, of course, as I'm saying this, in around about 24 hours, we are going to get the rematch on New Year's Bash 2, whatever the hell we're calling it. And we have judges. I think it was a shame. And it was, I want to say they dropped the ball, but I would like to have known who the judges were last week. I think that would have added something to, to get excited about. And it's another way to promote it, which is good. But whatever, who cares, man? Like, I'm so, it's so difficult. I kind of want Brian Danielson to win, which I know is crazy. And I know you should roll your eyes and say, oh, Simon, because it doesn't benefit Hangman Adam Page. Of course it doesn't. But I don't want this feud to end. And because AEW rarely does rematches, you could probably get another two matches out of this and I would be fine with it. I'd probably be wrong and I'm probably overshooting and getting overly excited, which I do tend to do and I need to calm it down. But I think there's a great story to tell there. Ultimately, I think Hangman Adam Page will win. I think Hangman Adam Page should win. And then it all depends on what we go on after that. I mean, it would technically be one and half, I suppose, because they drew the first one. And then you have to question, you know, where does Hangman Adam Page go after this? I don't think they'll go straight to the MJF stuff because I think it feels like it's too soon. And we've mentioned the revolution of the, uh, sorry, the face of the revolution ladder match, which Wardlow is going to tie into with the TNT championship. You could potentially bring Miro back. I mean, the CM Punk name is in the mix too. So I don't know, but I like the fact that I don't know with this because sometimes AEW, as I enjoy, does do obvious storylines. Again, I'm not against that at all. I think we should do that because usually the obvious storyline is the best one. But with Hangman and Brian and the world title, I don't know where we're going. And that makes me very, very excited. And like I say, I'm just enjoying sitting down to watch AEW at the moment and Rampage. I know some people say that they feel like Rampage doesn't have enough content. I disagree. I think it's very well formatted. And I just don't think you can get a 60-minute television match, a television show wrong. And people go crazy at me for this. You're so biased. But I would have said the same with NXT when it was an hour. That's when NXT was the best as far as I was concerned. You get this hour and you're like, oh, crap, that was good. <laughs> like, it was absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, SmackDown I do enjoy as well. But obviously, we didn't have last week's one. But I always think that's a tremendous show. I mean, it drops the ball here and there. But, you know, more often than not, I think it's a tremendous show. So I, I'm quite happy where we are in 2022 right now is my, um, is my, is my point. And 
I guess, you know, we, we do have a lot of crazy stuff because we have, again, New Year's Bash, whatever we're calling it, on Wednesday. And then we've got Battle of the Belts on Saturday, where I think we are doing Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guerrero Part 2. And really, Cody is probably going to have to do something nefarious there in order to, to double down on all of this stuff. And the build to the Royal Rumble is already fantastic. Um, I have the matches here somewhere. Where did I put them? There they are. So, of course, we have Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE title. Awesome. In the men's Royal Rumble, we know we've got the Mysterios, the Street Profits, Austin Theory, and Johnny Knoxville, which was kind of weird. We'll have the women's Royal Rumble, and we're going to have the, the, the Raw women's title, which will be Bianca Belair. Sorry, will be Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, or Dewdrop kind of weird how we insert a dewdropper into that whatever wwe does it and we had the miz and maurice versus edge and beth phoenix confirmed talked about it already it will be good it will be fun but on paper the raw rumble is looking very good and we are doing it in a massive stadium so that could feel like a, a super duper big show so I'm excited about that as well. I think wrestling right now is in a good place. I think we get too bogged down with ratings sometimes. Like I want all shows to do well, but I'm not going to live and die based on demographic numbers. <laughs> who knows? Who knows what else is going on? And we've had um, a Wrestle Kingdom was today as well, and I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to watch Night One and Night Two tomorrow before we up those downs. And we have New Year's Evil, which I'm also going to do ups and downs for, but I'll get into that later in the week. And as we've got here naturally too, my plan now is to go back to Tuesday and Thursday shows. I just think it makes sense. I've seen Raw. I can talk about it i've seen dynamite i can talk about it if i can squeeze another one talk about smackdown i will but my plan is to do tuesdays and thursday shows even if they only go 30 minutes or so like sometimes it can be tough talking to myself i do want to get alex mccarthy back on which we will do i just need to reunite with him but for all the people that asked about the sporadic nature of the show the goal now is to do tuesdays and thursdays and if you are a patreon member patreon.com for assignment of 316 you will be getting some special episodes too because if you do watch my what culture work you will know i do retro ups and downs and i'm always left with a ton of notes that i can't get in there because we do have to keep the videos not short but you know eventually you have to cut some stuff out so i thought what i'm going to do is i'm going to take all those bits and i'm just going to make a mini retro podcast just once or, or, or once every fortnight uh, probably once a week though because i do you know i do one retro a week so and that's going to be for everyone that signs up for the patreon too because that is something i want to focus on more uh, dropped the ball a little bit with it last year not intentionally but i did pay for it a lot of people left as they should have done but my goal to try and balance that out is to yeah one dollar minimum that's all you've got to do and you will have access to my retro podcast. And I think this week we are doing I, so one of the WrestleManias. I can't remember now. Is it 21 or 22? So my aim will be to have a little discussion about that. And you can share your thoughts with me about it as well on Twitter or Instagram. And I'll include those two. Talking about new things that have landed in my lap, because a lot of people have asked about this. So I do want to talk about it is yes, on my Twitter at Simon316 and on Instagram Simon316. So make sure you check that out as well if you want to keep up to everything that i'm doing is under super nda which is why i didn't even hint at it i started having conversations with progress wrestling which is a big wrestling company here in the uk arguably the biggest i would say it probably is the biggest especially when it was rocking and rolling before the pandemic but i started having conversations with their new owners who were planning to buy out the company which they have now done in order to be their new host. Now, if you're wondering why they have a host, it's just something that they used to do. There was a bunch of different people that owned it, one of which was Jim Smallman. And he would come out and he'd warm up the crowd and he'd do the ring introductions. And they've always kept that, like Sunshine Machine, who are a British uh, indie wrestling tag team. They've done it. Uh, Charles Crowley has done it. Another indie wrestler, Roy Johnson, has done it. And you know, all these guys that work for Progress. 
and it, it doesn't affect my wrestling career. It doesn't affect my ups and downs stuff. And I'm st- I, I add things. I don't like taking away unless a huge opportunity came up where you're like, well, I'm going to have to dedicate 100% of my time to this. But yes, they say, would you like to host the shows? Which is exactly what we just said. And you can't turn that down because, I mean, they're on the WWE Network, which is kind of cool, you know, no matter how you look at it or no matter how you feel about that platform. But as they do, as they are pushing really, really big to sort of get back to the same prominence, it is a brand you want to get involved in. And what I'm also hoping is, and I've talked to them about this too, is that with my foot in the door, as and when it makes sense, I would like to wrestle for them. And again, that's just a tremendous opportunity. And it's just, even if that doesn't happen, it's a tremendous opportunity anyway. Like, I could kind of tell, because when I posted it on my Twitter, even today, I'm still getting people getting in touch saying, oh, Simon, this was so, this is so cool. Like, what a great opportunity. You know, hopefully it leads to other things. And I'm a big believer in that. I'm a big believer in that you say yes to all opportunities. And not that I'm saying this is a stepping stone, but usually they do open the door to do other things, which are also cool, which again, which is why I don't stop doing anything else, because the same thing will happen with there too so january 23rd at the electric ballroom in camden i think they've already sold quite a lot of tickets will be my first show and i'm sure it'll be a work in progress as i find my own style and learn exactly what we want to do here and then throughout 2022 if you come to a a, yeah excuse me a progress show i should be there and if i'm not it's probably because of a conversation we've already had because of clashes or whatever but i'm also going to be resting around the country too and i'm injured at the moment in case you don't know i had surgery back in early december and i'm nowhere near being cleared for many reasons which i won't bore you with here um but you know none of it stops as soon as i'm back to 100 and can get back to the gym and can get myself back in shape because i am not in shape at the moment don't tell anybody but hey ho it doesn't matter you know all of this stuff is going to continue i'm very much looking forward to it and i feel very blessed and very privileged to be offered this because you know, in 2022, I was kind of thinking, well, where's all this stuff going? And how am I going to make sure I keep evolving and keep (laughs) ironically progressing this forward? And then this fell into my lap a little bit. And it was like, okay, cool. Well, now we can, we can figure out this and we can move on to the next step. So thank you. If you did send me a, uh, um, a message or a tweet or whatever the hell it was saying, good work, looking forward to it. Or you bought a ticket because of me as well. That was really cool to see that kind of stuff. And I'll take it from here and we can reconvene in six months and see and see how uh, and see how it goes. Also, this just popped up on my Google alerts. This is why I have Google alerts. I love this. Apparently, before Jeff Hardy was released, which I think we talked about, maybe we didn't, but I know he's going to be on Matt Hardy's podcast soon. So that's going to be interesting. He was going to have a run in NXT. So I don't know whether AJ Styles took that position because, of course, he's been feuding with Grayson Waller and Riddle went down there as well with MSK. I think it was MSK. I think it was MSK. I can't remember. I know they got a match on New Year's Eve. Well, yeah, it must be. Hang on. I've got that up somewhere too because Riddle is teaming with a six-man tag against Imperium. It is MSK. Yes, I haven't gone crazy. And, of course, AJ Grayson's on that show too. Man, AJ's putting in the work to get these new faces over. Or maybe Jeff was just going to be an extra person down there as they tried to grow, grow the numbers. I don't know what's going to happen now. I mean, the big conversation is that the two things I keep saying is, will Jeff Hardy go to AEW? And because Andrade did a Twitter post today referencing Ric Flair after he interrupted Darby Allen and Sting's match, which obviously ties in, will Ric Flair go to AEW? Now, you know, there's difficult conversations to have with both of these people, but we do not know what happened with Jeff Hardy. You know, we have rumors and speculation, but until Jeff Hardy comes out and gives his side of the story, I, I feel reluctant to, to comment on it too much. But if the rumors were true, it's probably best he doesn't wrestle for a while. You know, his health is more important, but again, I don't know. And Ric Flair going into AEW, I completely understand is a difficult situation after the plane ride from from hell documentary it's not like anything was really sorted there was no real forgiveness 
And I do kind of have a gut feeling that, when I say forgiveness, I should say remorse. Please, please forgive me. I do think there may be a little bit of a backlash, which is what AEW, I mean, no wrestling company needs that right now. And I understand that Ric Flair is a big deal. I understand he's still getting massive deals. I don't begrudge him that. I don't want anyone not to be able to work or to be in dire straits. I don't know. I think you've got to read the room and I potentially think that wouldn't be reading the room, which is something that you just don't, you just don't want to do. But yes, I mean, that's just popped up anyways, that Jeff Hardy was going for a run in NXT, which makes me question who else could go down there. I always thought that was something that they should do. Like, I always thought that having more of a, we're not even calling it an up-down system, because I think that sounds disparaging to NXT. I mean, it's changed now massively. Now we've got to NXT 2.0. But with the original NXT, I thought, you know, putting a Dolph Ziggler down there or a Jeff Hardy is a great example, and then bringing some people up before they go back down there would not only have made it feel more like a third brand, but I just think it would boost the audiences. And the NXT 2.0 audience is still not where WWE wants it to be. Now, I don't think you can go crazy because it's still it's only been around a couple of months, right? So you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. But I know, and look, there's nothing wrong with this, but I know that I am less interested in it than I was. And maybe that's because I need to dedicate more time to it in order to get the new stars. But apart from Brum Breaker... There's just nothing that excites me. And there is so much resting on television right now than finding an extra couple of hours to try and watch more when you don't have a lot of time. Is It, it, it can be really difficult. And I don't want to burn myself out. Like, I absolutely don't want to burn myself out of resting. At the moment, I balance it quite well, even though I, I have a ton of resting to watch this week. So for the rest of the week, we've got Dynamite tomorrow, and we've got Rampage. We've got Battle of the Belts. We've got SmackDown. And there's Hard to Kill by Impact, which I promise that we continue to do on ups and downs in order to get all the pay-per-views in. So come Sunday, I'm probably going to be a bit sick of resting. So if I then... And we're doing New Year's uh, Evil tomorrow for NXT. But if I then you know, tried to fit NXT in as well, you know, in, um, this doesn't work this week, but you know what I'm saying to you. I do think you can drive yourself nuts. So I do think you have to pick and choose because I do think burnout with professional wrestling is true, which I think sometimes is reflected in the ratings because I think sometimes people have watched so much like, you know, I just don't want to watch anymore today. And I totally get that. There's nothing wrong with it. And some people pretend like, oh no, um, you know, you're, you're not a real fan unless you watch everything. That's bull crap, man. You've got to put yourself first, right? And whatever you have to do to make sure that wrestling is really entertaining is what you should do. You do not have to watch everything. Um, although saying that, Jeff Jarrett is back on the scene now. He debuted for GCW the other day, and he's going to he's going to uh, be back there too, <laughs> which is just crazy. And... Who knows what's going to happen in 2021? I wouldn't dare predict anything. In fact, let me get my... Um, so we did an, an article on what culture recently, which was bold wrestling predictions for 2022. Uh, I'm going to get up now, and I'm just going to read through all of them. Or oh, I'm going to push the wrong button and close it down. Now, look, with all things what culture, they're all a, they're all a team a team effort. Like it's not all me. I have my own feelings. Some I don't agree with, but I totally understand where we're coming from, and I think it's fun to create a conversation as well. But obviously, it was a list ten of them. Uh, NXT 2.0 becomes NXT 3.0 because again, we're going to have to hit reset, which is going to have to happen if USA Network aren't happy with those viewing figures. And you know, potentially, potentially yes. Uh, number nine was basically kind of the same stuff. Uh, number eight was CM Punk turning heel. I think Cody Rhodes has already proved that you don't have to do that. And when CM Punk was heel for a minute, he was still sort of walking the line of babyface. He just had that edge to him. So I think you can absolutely do that, especially when we're moving towards the world title program with Hangman Adam Page. You can kind of do what we did with, with Daniel Bryan, or Bryan Danielson, I should say. And some people aren't going to like that. But again, as long as it's interesting, I don't care. I can still 
cheer CM Punk if I want to. Who's going to stop me? Crazy people, but we ignore them. Uh, Bron Breaker debuting on the main roster. Don't forget, these are bold predictions. I mean, if you're going to ask me right now, I would say that Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar, because I'm looking at him, uh, Bron Breaker will probably be in a main event before 2024, which is only a couple of years. But you can argue that it's too soon, but they kind of need somebody in that position. So they may be forced to do it. Uh, number six was a big AEW name, publicly request their release. Not 100% sure that will happen in 2022, but it will happen eventually. It's just the nature of the beast. You can't please everyone. And as the you know new company sheen wears off, you will have people that feel a little bit disenfranchised and they'll speak up. They don't speak up just because they're in WWE feeling unhappy. They speak up because they're unhappy. So yeah, that probably will happen. Uh, number five, Roman Reigns remains universal champion for a year. I mean, probably so. And he sh- and we should, you know, we should wait until uh, uh, you've got the right person to beat him. I mean, he could probably lose it and win it back. That would be fine. But I hope there is a long-term plan. Number four, I smashed it out of the park. The big Jeff Jarrett comeback. That's right. I said it. I mean, I said he was going to buy a company, but he's wrestling again. Just as good. Braun Strowman returning to WWE. I mean, the Ring of Honor stuff has kind of put a little bit of a, of a full stop on that. But I, I think eventually he will. I just think it's the right place for him. And I think it's nuts that WWE got rid of him to begin with. Uh, I also said that wrestlers would start mass uh, exiting social media. It's already happened. I mean, last time I checked, Ricky Starks, for the right reasons, had uh, deleted his uh, Twitter account. And it certainly looks like it's still gone. Because there's too much hate thrown at people, not just in wrestling, in all walks of life. And if you can delete it, you should. And the number one was like one just to roll up the comic saying that WWE presses the most shocking panic button, which would be Vince Russo coming back. I don't think Vince Russo is going to come back. I know that Raw is posting some uh, questionable ratings, but we are building to the Raw Rumble. It's also WrestleMania season. Football is almost done. And I would imagine that we do have some kind of bounce back as soon as that is, you know, as soon as that is finished. So... They're still making a lot of money. I don't think we need to do that. I think it would be a really stupid idea. (laughs) I don't really like Vince Russo's contributions to wrestling. And you can call me out on that as well. That's just how I feel. And I kind of feel like he also makes a lot of noise these days, which just makes me roll my eyes a little bit, which is a huge shame, but it is what it is. And we will have to see. Like if you had told me Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff were going to come back uh, last year, two years ago, whenever it was two years ago, I would have said you were crazy too, but actually you would have been right on the money. On that note, we will wrap it up for the day just because it is very late over here. I did want to record this earlier and uh, I wanted to get a tweet out for questions as well, but I wasn't able to get around to it. However, I thought it's more important to get an episode out. So remember Thursday, we'll do it again and I will get a Q&A for that one too. We'll be back then back on the following Tuesday. I will get mini episodes out if news breaks, etc., to try and give you the content that I know you want and I feel like uh, you deserve and yes, patreon.com for Simon316 that only supports the main podcast because again, I don't make any money from this. The, the podcast is uh, is a non-money making thing, which is why I timed my Patreon in it to begin with. But also I get it. You want something back. So I'll make sure you get some retro content up there as well. But again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. I hope you've enjoyed all this crazy wrestling over the last two weeks. And again, if you are a WWE fan, it is Raw Rumble time. Raw Rumble, even bad Raw Rumbles are fun. Like even that debacle of 2014 was funny because we get to laugh about it. And I think AEW is in for a hot streak as well. And this is what I want. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Impact, uh, GCW, uh, whatever the company and progress, right? I just want all wrestling to get back to where it was, especially as there are, mm, I would say rumors is a bit much, but the idea of a lockdown, especially here in, in England, does loom large. You never really know which way it's going to go. So if all of a sudden wrestling has to go behind closed doors again, it does make it more difficult. Of course it does. I think 
we talked about WrestleMania 36 earlier, you know, watching those shows now or watching a Thunderdome show, they're not the same. Even when you get a quiet crowd, which you could argue Raw this week was, having that energy in the building, even if it's really, really quiet energy, I think is massively important. So let's enjoy it while we can. Let's go show to show. If you are mad about Big E losing the title, I totally get it. I feel the same way. But Brock Lesnar, I just think is a... Well, I just think he's great. And if you want to come yell at me, you can do it at Simon Miller 316 on Instagram and Twitter. Again, please do sign up for my YouTube channel. Make sure you sign up to What Culture as well if you haven't done that. And I think that's about everything, to be honest. Shout out to pinsandknuckles.com who always support the podcast. If you're into uh, sports supplements, grillamind.com forward slash Simon. Just go to Simon, get 10% off. That is my supplement brand of choice. And I'm on Cameo too. I always forget to mention this. If you'd like a shout out for your birthday, your bar mitzvah, your wedding, or you just want a pep talk, there are a few rules I mean, some people message me wanting promos. I'm never going to do that. <laughs> this sounds like the most awkward, horrible thing in the world. But even if you just want to chat, I'm happy to do it. I have priced it at what I believe to be a very, very reasonable price because I want to make money from it, but also I want to give something back. And I think striking that balance is important. But more importantly, I just massively appreciate you clicking the button and listening to me talk from 30 minutes to an hour, which will always be what I will go, preferably over uh, over the hour, not over the hour mark, but over the 55-minute mark, absolutely, to an hour. I, I'm just rambling now. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to stop talking. Thank you so much. Happy New Year, and I'll talk to you again soon.